Hello everybody, this is Victor here from Trend Following Trading for Beginners and here's my weekly update on my sample trading portfolio coming up next. Hello everybody, welcome to another week of my podcast. Um, this week, just like last week, not much happening on Dow Jones, but once again, Dow Jones has been trying to break above the 30,000 mark and finally did it on Friday and stay above that for um, 200 points or so, just above 30,000, so to about 30,200 area. So it's not too bad, but the um, thing is, like I said last week, it's just uh, I, I do smell a fish, you know, something naughty, something bad's happening, you know, it. Uh, Pandemics running around, um, especially in America, and uh, with um, the um, um, COVID nineteen sort of being you know, detected, you know, or uh, making new highs uh, on a daily basis, more and more people are dying, and we still have, you know, the Dow Jones, you know, go about thirty thousand, with a lot of places um, uh, talking about temporary lockdown. I mean, Europe is bringing back himself up now, um, UK as well after lockdown, but uh, America seems to be going into a lockdown. So all these things is still happening. And uh, plus, we haven't got any uh, uh, more extra uh, funds coming in from the U.S. government yet for the people who are struggling in America, and um, due to COVID-19 and loss of jobs and so forth. And I just, I really personally struggle to see uh, how I mean, Dow Jones go to thirty thousand. But hey, we are trend followers, and uh, we don't really care what actually the fundamental is. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's racing red flag. So. Uh, when the tide turns, you know, to to get away from it, you know, just just be careful, but enjoy. You really do enjoy. But I think it's the the quickest thing that come over next week or so. I think it's around fifteen, well, weeks time. Is basically, of course, is the U.S. Uh, electoral college uh, votes, and I think they have to be rectified by around nineteen, so about a week, a week or two away. So um, for some reason, Donald Trump uh, still hasn't actually said, you know, he's. Uh, put his hands up and say give in and congratulations uh, try to congratulate uh, Joe Biden at all and I think he might have something up to sleep and this, this is a person you know I'm not sure about how well known um, it is to I mean Donald Trump to other people how it to you know uh, uh, in America everybody knows him because of the um, um, the apprentices and stuff like that and also of course his uh, properties but remember when he was having a bad time in New York um, I think about 97 or something and he almost I mean, wanted to actually talk about it and he almost like you know own about a billion US dollars and uh, everybody is on his back because um, well he owned a lot of money his empire collapsed and he went to uh, China well basically Hong Kong and asked a lot of those people um, in the property market in, in Hong Kong to basically help out, you know, to uh, to lend him funds to get him his himself back up fit again, and quite a few of them did. I think even uh, Superman, Mr. Lee Hising from Hong Kong, also helped uh, lend him some money. Um, basically, just big those big property tycoons in in uh, Hong Kong help him. But then after a while, the those guys uh, got into some sort of argument with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump basically just shoot their asses off, you know, and then. Uh, um, well, I think the other side, the Chinese suing them off or something because Donald Trump just renamed or some, some other thing. But basically, there was some legal spat. And then, uh, overall, basically, from as far as the Chinese people were thinking about, or from Hong Kong, is um, Donald Trump is very much a businessman, an opportunistic businessman. When he needs to, you know, ask for help, he will go and ask for help. But when it's time to return the favor, he probably just stamp on you, that kind of thing. So, in Hong Kong, people are not really especially the, the business tycoon the uh, property tycoons are not very happy with uh, how Donald Trump treats some of the people in Hong Kong in the property market there but this basically shows how um, to me anyway how Donald Trump you may call him President Donald Trump but as far as I'm concerned he's a businessman a person who basically just use every means in his disposal to try to get what he wants and try to get himself back up to his feet whatever so to actually write him off with a US election uh, I think still be early days okay we might have more or less um, all the media in America say Joe Biden uh, is the president-elect, blah, blah, blah. But it is, of course, you still have the legal vote, the electoral vote uh, coming in middle of the month, uh, this month, December, to confirm everything. And then the Senate, uh, of course, have to uh, vote things in as well. So there still may be, uh, just, just a maybe, 
that you know there's some upside going but who knows so just basically watch this space however when everybody's team of saying you know joe biden's definitely become a president um who knows what donald trump might do you know trying to make things difficult and the other thing that tried to donald trump trying to make things difficult to joe biden president elect is also a continuous spat with uh with china about um some of the restrictions of uh, what u.s um pension funds can invest in and some companies also restrict them to uh, American company to send uh, microprocessor technology or chips or sell chips to to China that kind of thing and and to me I think this is basically shooting uh, the US people and US financial industry on this food also the the the, um, the semiconductor industry as well it's two two things one's a financial first of course, uh, yes, U.S. government can say whatever it wants and restrict its uh, people to buy anything from China. But I think in overall, we will probably see in the next couple of years that the, 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 the recovery uh, will be much stronger in Asia uh, after COVID-19, when Europe basically you know, slowly coming back up. Maybe America will be much, much behind. And um, this basically to stopping um, the pension fund investing um, companies that is um, uh, concentrated in, in Chinese market will basically just because you have maybe one or two some sort of you know um, um, attachment with the Chinese government or military and basically um, the the US government basically say you know the, the pension funds in America shouldn't invest into China and this China uh, is this Chinese market is going to be big as far as I'm concerned just like India um, and so it just basically as far as I'm concerned is stopping the US citizens through pension funds to enjoy uh, making money in, in Southeast Asia in China in this case particular and then uh, so semiconductor thing yeah we all know about the semiconductor restrictions and stuff uh, how it affect Huawei and um, I personally feel um, and a lot of commentary uh, talk about it in um, China's home of, I think Europe as well uh, maybe some in US that China is just going to take this as a lessons just like back in 2007 when it's finally six uh, exporting partners uh, the country that is bought things to were uh, basically in a recession and not able to buy things so they, they did a change internally to be more concentrated internal sales internal consumption buying things from ex- uh, importing things from another country in Europe or Asia America that kind of thing and I think China is just going to learn from this as well I mean give it 10-15 years it will slowly yes it's much behind from Europe than Europe and uh, America at the moment I think semiconductor choose one or two generations behind but China is going to use uh, this hardship so to speak to speed up its own R&D research and development just like what Taiwan did and slowly I mean look, look at this way China is 1.4 billion people okay send a lot of its children to overseas to do study MS masters PhD kind of thing and um, and and it will inevitably you know have uh, bring power to basically, you know, slowly develop its own manufacturing. And it, w- it might take time, that kind of thing. But I'm sure if Taiwan can do it back in the 80s and stuff, something like that, I mean, China probably can do that as well with, uh, you know, like three times the size, four times the size of America. Okay, America have been much further ahead in intellectual properties, you know, in, uh, innovations and uh, innovations and as well as uh, um, uh, R&D, that kind of thing. But China, Chinese people, uh, being a lot of children have been, you know, um, uh, westernized and uh, western educated from America, from Europe. I'm sure they are able to uh, use a brain to come up with something. Yes, it'll be quite a bit harsh, probably five years, you know. The last two years have been quite difficult here. I'll wait probably another two, three years to come. But I'm sure it will try to find a way. The Chinese government will use this way. And um, remember, they most um, in 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 China the 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 um policies in China is basically what the Chinese government specifies. So and then. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Chinese government want to be more self-reliance, you know, uh, do whatever it can, uh, it can on, on AI and try to be best on, on AI and some new technology as well. But of course, it's using this uh, um, this difficult situation with America with the uh, silicon, so the, the, the uh, microprocessor and the silicon chips and kind of thing to build its own infrastructures to enhance its own R&D and come up with some alternative. 
um, just like Google, for example, you know, can do, can use Android and stuff. You know, he, Huawei just come up with his own, own uh, environment, you know, own, um, own operating system for mobile phone, that kind of thing. It, it might not be like as good, as popular as Android, but, you know, it probably takes time and we slowly will build. And then it, it basically just start relying on, on those things. So in China, it's going to use it. But the other thing that I think uh, not many people talked about in um, in Europe and as far as America is, you, you, we we have seen something called the Chromebook, yeah, like um, some um, computers that um, basically just lock on internet and all the software is done from internet, that kind of thing, yeah, using Chrome and our software and everything. Microsoft pro, um, products are all on, on online nowadays as well, all the words and Excel and stuff. And if you think about that way, okay, use that concept. Remember the phone. To me, anyway, it's just as much as power as a, as a computer, the mobile phone, okay? And it, it can, you know, lock on the internet using 5G in the future, which is much higher speed in Asia and probably in Europe when it can roll out 5G. Is it a point to a very powerful processor chip? No, probably no, won't. You probably need more faster speed of internet to be able to download things from cloud. And then, you know, uh, software from clouds and uh, storage from clouds and everything else on the cloud. So you become the, the hand phone, the handset may become less of actually storing things on the on the mobile phone itself, taking pictures and store straight to the, to, to the cloud, that kind of thing. And therefore, all we need, all it needs basically is very high speed of um, taking a picture and process it and just dump it to the internet and just upload it very quickly. It doesn't need much of a, um, too much processing power maybe to talk about on the handset to use different things uh, as much as uh, reading the disk kind of thing uh, much more so overall I, I think there may be a market that China is talking in, in there already moving the mobile phone to be more like a like a Chromebook tile thing just everything on cloud it doesn't have to download anything you just have to you know set things up on the internet and you can just use your phone for whatever Android or whatever systems that you want to uh, apps that you want and just people can, can use that using that type of phone We've seen it with ourselves with Chromebook. It's much cheaper than to normal, you know, MacBook and uh, um, uh, Windows book, uh, computer, uh, laptop computer kind of thing. Because it doesn't need all this extra processing power and everything else. So it needs a very, very fast internet connection, which 5G can provide. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, if China's been pushed, I think definitely, uh, since it's in the media talking about it, I'm sure the Chinese government is always always talking about it and try to do something on that front. If that's the case, the demand for uh, microprocessor chip two front, China may try to create its own uh, microprocessor chip and capabilities. It may be lagging behind, but it will try to do something. So we're less reliant on America or in Europe. But also, if you this Chromebook style of uh, um, mobile phone happens and it's widely used in, in China given you have 1.4 billion people there that's how them using those kind of phone that means uh, demand for using microprocessor chips for this phone will be much lower because you don't need so much so much high power uh, microprocessor to work the phone with and China's already able to do those kind of things but of course it's not the, the very top latest technologies like I said before two maybe even three generation behind than uh, Intel that kind of thing or, or in Europe and so but we're using a lower grade of technology so to speak but plus with the Chromebook idea on the mobile phone they basically the consumption of internet um, of the mobile chip or microprocessor for mobile phone will be much much lower and so we just basically have to wait and see but as far as I'm concerned uh, China doing this or through Donald Trump stopping China getting things yes in one way or another is stopping them maybe IP theft and kind of thing but China is not it's not just go to stop there and just cry and just say, you know, not fair and not do anything. They will go and do something and internally just expand, just like what they've done with 5G. When everybody talking about 3G, 4G, 4.5G, China is already much, much further. Now it's talking about 6G, testing 6G, 6G now. And uh, people in um, Europe now just, you know, thinking about 5G when Huawei is much, much further than anybody else, is what I'm concerned, you know, for 5G technology. And so I think this... Uh, O- overall, um, technology-wise, China is just uh, will continue uh, this twenty twenty-five uh, view to be more on AI, but also on microprocessor chip as well. As far as concerned, because it's been pushed, and China is going to use this um, hardship, so to speak, from America and try to push itself to be better. So. This is why a bit uh, in in China. I'm not sure anybody actually listened to it in any Chinese news. Some Chinese. Um, 
as well as the Chinese uh, company, uh, on, on news media anyway, say um, Donald Trump is really, really help. It's not making American first. It's making China first because it's used through hardship, um, making America first, stopping Chinese to do to get things from China of uh, from Europe of America. In this case, forcing China to be more self-efficient, self-reliance, and self-built, start their own two feet, and basically just help them to to build up things. So, there's talks of uh, China basically uh, is, uh, getting quite a good deal out of uh, Donald Trump's um, American first kind of uh, activity. The other thing, the other thing that's worth mentioning about, of course, is uh, the um, Chinese uh, media. Through his uh, foreign ministry, um, uh, sent out some you know pictures to say you know Australian soldiers killing people, killing a child, or or something with a with a gun on his head, that kind of thing. And uh, the Australian government, uh, the Prime Minister, got very angry with China and asking China to to you know say you know sorry that kind of thing. But you know. <clears throat> The the West can actually make any fund and you know, put things together and some news like that to say you know how China how bad it is treating um, its own people, treating Muslim that kind of thing. But why can't China do something and put them things together in its own way and say how how bad Australian soldier is you know uh, more or less committing more war crimes as far as I understand. Um, to to uh, people in Afghanistan, you know why why can't Chinese actually write some of those things? I mean, it's a free will, right? You don't like it, fine. Don't read those newspapers. So, but I think China is more focal now, especially with the with the trade deal with America. Uh, I think later part of this year, basically from from June onwards, become much much more focal. And Australia, following um, um, what uh, U.S. say, you know, about the five Gs, about a coronavirus, is basically um, hurting Chinese pride. And China basically say, okay, if that's what you do. Um, in Asia, China is the biggest, the big boy. You want to push me and uh, um, um, give me no face, and I try to push you back. And China basically just push and do all sorts of things now. My very much more focus, and Australia is basically getting hurt. And uh, overall, there's another thing as well. I think um, this week there was uh, talks about um, in uh, America. There's uh, something called CDC. They've done some testing about uh, coronavirus and find out the origin of it or some internal studies and this time they actually do some uh, study of um, um, from Red Cross for blood collection since um, uh, December or something to early January and they actually found <coughs> there's some contaminants uh, in the oh, some of those um, blood donations but not really contaminants but some markers that actually show some of the uh, people who donate the blood in America uh, actually have some sort of reaction with COVID-19 before even it was first announced in China. Um, basically, that was uh, uh, some of a red flag to say the COVID-19 may be in, Amer- in America much, much earlier than uh, what it was first initially detected in China. <coughs> and and the thing is, in I read this news, uh, basically initially heard it in, in uh, in Hong Kong, and I tried to uh, do some digging on Google and stuff, but uh, also in UK, this what said about it as well. But it's not on BBC News, unfortunately. I don't know why, but it's on some of the UK newspaper, and uh, I haven't heard much of it in uh, American news media either. But there's something called a uh, Daily Mail in UK somehow think you know the uh, detection of this uh, coronavirus agent or positive marker in America basically points to you got it. You know, China cover up. You have known this all along, and and the first case actually it's to tell the world that if they take something bad, um, is uh, in January, it's uh, supposed to be much much earlier on, even much earlier than that Chinese doctor caught the virus and died and, and make a video and actually got on BBC News kind of thing, and. <clears throat> Personally, I just feel this very bias in news media. Everybody's for some reason just point fingers to China. I mean, could 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 it be like it could be of America itself? Um, remember, China as much as U.S. and U.K. You know, people do travel around. It's a metropolitan country. There's a lot of foreigners in China as well, as well as Chinese in Asia, in in Europe, as in America. They might bring the virus back to each other. It's very difficult to say. You know where the virus origin come from. I mean, even before that, last year I believe, my understanding is last year the flu virus was uh, doing quite a bit of uh, 
bad things in in US as well. Quite a lot of people got you know bad flu and quite people die as well. Couldn't it be some of those flu actually from China, from Hong Kong, um, from U US, and actually some of those people then travel to China, and then mix with the Chinese people and the, and remember China is very hot. Maybe the virus mutated, and some of those maybe all went to um, went to Italy or Europe as well and mutated that way. I mean, it could be well as well be coming from America as well. So rather than everything just point to China. Um, I, I I much prefer I'm mean, being a engineer, a more logical people, um, logical mind person. I would just like to find out, tell us all the facts, and find out where things are. Remember, like um, Spanish flu. You know, there's all sort of things that said it is not actually from Spain. Spain is the one that actually widely reported, but during that time was also First World War, and America was you know a lot of things covered up. You saw it in Central Europe and stuff um, while the war is going on. But Spain actually you know speak out quite loudly about a. Lot of those cases get detected, and then people just for some reason just stick it, you know, Spanish flu. You know, there's talks about you know the flu is actually from Europe or actually from America as well. You know, why why don't we actually stick it worse in the U.S. flu rather than Spanish flu? You know, to this date, nobody knows exactly where the Spanish flu actually comes from. So same thing for COVID-19. I think personally, it's rather too early to actually say it is definitely China. So, I as far as I'm concerned, this news media just basically somehow just have uh, basically their own view, bias view, and just say everything is China. I'm I'm not saying good things or stand up for China, or whatever. I just like to much prefer to have more scientific facts about it, to say where it's actually come from and learn from it, so we can learn how to detect it the next time cover ourselves better than just pointing fingers everywhere. And then you know if it's um, if it's China or Russia, then they are bad. Then they should get you know get. Stamborn, you know, to say they are bad or something. But what happened if it's in Europe? What happened if it's in America? Everybody seems so quiet, you know, get keep quiet that kind of thing. And I don't quite like that kind of, you know, double standard kind of thing. But uh, we just have to wait and see what how where things coming out from. But this vaccine is definitely, I mean, this uh, virus definitely be problem, and um, we have no idea where it come from. Then next, of course, is now the vaccine. You know, everywhere, uh, all the countries around the world, I believe there's like 50 or 70 different vaccines from around the world being tried to develop. Of course, I mean, UK is uh, the first one that's going to use the, uh, the, the um, Pfizer's vaccines are still being tested in America. But I think they are getting ready to you know, start rolling out sometime this couple of weeks in UK. Um, to, to me anyway, whatever vaccine it is, from what I read so far is to sample people that you use for actual testing is like in the less than 100,000 some is 30,000, 50,000 60,000, 70,000 from around the world for people you know, for all of us 7.8 let's say 8 billion people with 30,000 or even 100,000 sample test sample is relatively small and there's also different vaccines going on here now the, the the question here is it's quite interesting as we talk about it around the world and in Asia as well. I mean there's there's some something like this. Okay, you have vaccine. That's American got vaccine. Um um we also know um Russia got its own vaccine. Europe uh, uh, Oxford University and so forth, you know, is AstraZeneca have its own, China have its own, other countries might have its own, South Korea or so forth. You know, um they might Coexist and everybody, you know, have his own vaccine. Try to save his own people first, and then. Uh, but how? What happened if a person uh, have a vaccine, let's say in UK, go to America? Would it be acceptable for the American government to let that person who have vaccine been vaccinated from um, in Europe with Pfizer drugs to actually enter, or with uh, Russian Sputnik Five, whatever drugs it is, you know, for the vaccine uh, for the COVID nineteen to enter Europe and enter America? Likewise, would Europe and Russia accept the vaccine, let's say, Mandara vaccine for America to be good enough to cover, you know, those people traveling to Europe, travel, traveling to uh, to um, um, uh, Russia. So in this case, let's let's go to you know Chinese Chinese got its own version and American got its own version. With Chinese and Australian talks like this so far, you know, spouting about each other, say who who is originator of of the virus. Do you think? I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, when the facts, let's say Chinese people have been vaccinated and American people have been vaccinated and um, with their own drugs. And then, OK, they start to open up each country, start to open up the border. Would Chinese government or the flight authority allow American uh, citizens to travel to China knowing that they might only have the Mandora vaccine? 
injection. Is it good enough for China? And then put the whole thing on its head. Will U.S. be okay with you know, Chinese facts? But Chinese tra- people traveling from China into America, we only receiving vaccine from China. Will they recognize each other's vaccine, or does they have to use, uh, be quarantined and have to be have you know, uh, let's say the Chinese coming in from China, let's say students go to America to study, they have received uh, the Chinese vaccine, and would the chi- first of all, like I said before, would the American government uh, allows it, and if they don't allow, would they ask the Chinese students to have an extra vaccination, let's say Mandara, then okay, this Chinese person will have two vaccinations, one from China and one from America. How does each vaccine work with each other? Nobody knows the effect, you know? This is a terrible thing. So at the moment, this is what I see, the, 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 the vaccine there, that um, the way that it works, nobody really knows. And then the stock market basically just hell, you know, got really positive about, yeah, there's vaccine available. At least these people try to, you know, have something uh, more or less ready to be uh, rolled out and UK is going to roll it out. But how does that vaccine go to work with each other? We say person with multiple vaccination by different companies in different countries, especially remember when people do travel around the world. How does that work with each other, with each country? Recognize each other's vaccination program and other through with who, you know, the WHO actually say, you know, these uh, vaccines are safe and and therefore, you know, every government can use this and say those those vaccines do actually cover, uh, protect person from COVID nineteen. Therefore, you should travel, uh, allowed to travel around the world. You have one or two or five of this vaccine. Now, actually, one of those uh, vaccinated on in your body, and you're allowed to travel the world. So it's very very interesting question, but nobody talks about that at the moment. Everybody just think once you're vaccinated, you can just travel around the world. It's fine. Everything's all right. I'm not quite sure this moment, especially the U.S. and China, uh, having the trade war and then the spat from Donald Trump. And as far as I'm concerned, Joe Biden, President-elect, had to pick up all the all the pieces from whatever Donald Trump is saying. So it's an interesting question, but the market is not actually looking at that at all. And this is why I say, say the 30,000 mark, uh, you know, down to a score above 30,000 mark is really, really fishy to me. And secondly, of course, uh, we have uh, this week as well with the gold prices actually, you know, we covered and uh, uh, dollar, US dollar index gone below the 91, uh, 91 mark. So it does looks like the um, the US dollar is continue weakening. It even broken the 91 mark. I think gone down to 90.50 area. It comes something on last one, Friday or Thursday. And then, uh, but then, for some reason, gold don't seems to be recovering very quickly. It recovered a bit, but not very heavily. So it's still feeling a lot of funny going on as well. So I don't quite know what's going on. But uh, we just have to be careful. And, um, and o- overall, we also have in UK here now, uh, we have... Um, um, the Brexit talks more or less are broken down. Let's try to restart again. We only have like three and a half weeks to go before December. You know how does that works with um, the the U- UK economy uh, and also the European economy? What what does that mean to um, the British pound and European the the euro? I have no idea. Just going to be you know quite quite difficult to gauge. So all these things are actually going on and. Uh, who knows what what will happen next? So it's still got a lot of unknowns. But obviously, um, we probably you know have heard about this. You know, well, bulls go up the stairs and uh, bears jump out the window. But when bulls go up the stairs, always against the wall worries. So it sort of fit the bills that you know there's so many worries and unknowns out there, and then the bear, the bull market is still going up, continue going up. But mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I do believe uh, what don't um um. Uh, one buffer said at the end of the day the stock market is a weighing machine you know it's no longer at the moment it's a voting machine you know short termism people's emotion and vote how the market should go but then next when people see a company and not making a lot of money with very sky high uh, stock market uh, valuation you know, a lot of PE ratio that kind of thing very high PE ratio what does that mean you know people might you know stop um, uh, uh, investing as, as as much I can't think then um, who, who knows what might happen but at the end of the day this at the moment to me anyway this this rally is just uh, very much emotional driven also year-end driven as well last week as I already talked about end of November early December there's just a lot of you know uh, people doing calculation especially all these uh, financial companies for year-end audit account things and uh, calculating bonuses and stuff and even in pandemic you know the um, 
I think all of the indices in America have gone uh, to to make new high. So I'm sure they have to make a lot of money. But yeah, in the middle of the year, March and April, the market tangled like a lot. But then we cover a lot now as well, and and then some. So this year being a um, uh, president U.S. presidency election year seems to have helped a lot. Uh, but the other thing that's also worth there's two more things I want to say before you know going to the, my uh, weekly podcast update. Once is um, not sure if anybody actually played PS Five, uh, PlayStation Five. Uh, apparently, there's a, uh, it came out in middle of November, but the distribution of it around the world you know, is quite scattering around. And in UK, it's not many people actually able to buy them because it just basically ran out of stock very quickly. And uh, recent news is, you know, some people actually got some of those and sell on eBay for ten grand. You got it, ten thousand pounds for one. Machine, the latest, the uh, the one with the with the drive is four hundred fifty-five pounds. Let's say five hundred pounds, but people try to sell on eBay. Some of it for, you know, between eight to uh, one thousand pounds. But one one or uh, one um one listing you know, on eBay actually try to sell for ten grand. It just gone gone but bananas. It just really 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 bad. Secondly, um um, the things that I I think I did talk something like this before. I mean the. At the moment, um, last week, uh, we heard uh, this company called Arcadia. Basically, it's a very big clothing shop in UK. It's basically called administration. Basically, for America, it's more like Chapter 14 kind of thing. And try to find a buyer. And uh, it's affecting about uh, 13,000 jobs. And uh, uh, back in April, another big company called Debenham uh, is basically a big shopping uh, uh, company for selling all sorts of things in, in the shop. And it's also going to administration, and uh, yeah, another for chapter fourteen kind of things, and it's affecting like ten thousand people, uh, ten thousand jobs, and this basically type of things that we see like a lot of big companies are closing stores. It is in this case in UK, because it uh, no not many people actually go to the shop go to buy things because of the lockdown. People also being forced to go online, and um, um, there's inevitably because not enough sales being made on the shop front, people also buying more, being pushed to buy more from online. The brick and mortar, the normal shop on the shop front on the high street getting, you know, less attracting less and less client. So they cannot even keep the existing shops open. And also that affects their their business and then they have to, you know, go into chapter fourteen, go to the voluntary for in, in, in voluntary insolvency, that kind of thing, you know, try to find a separate separate buyer, that kind of thing. And um it's got to affect people's job, people's, you know, all those people who have a job. They also have uh, more or less most likely to have pension or some sort of car loan or student loans. What does that mean to, to accounts of tax, you know, to paying taxes and paying gas, water, electricity bills you know, for their for the houses and putting food on the table. And it's just basically affecting a lot of things. So at the moment, all this stuff is not even talked about yet. It's got to come on next couple of years, probably next year already. It, it was, it's shown quite a bit in America already here and as well as in UK. So basically, I see next year we see a lot more of those, you know, company. Big company collapses, traditional company collapses, not just in US but around the world. In this case, and more I'm talking about is in UK. And then office that will uh, affect the, the, the housing prices because also rentals because people cannot rent those places because they lost a job. And then, of course, the, what happened to local government, you know, we, well, on uh, the government, basically, the local council as well, relying on the tax that coming in from those businesses and also tax on the on the contribution from, you know, the, the employment, people's uh, paycheck account thing. The government's really stuck in UK on this one. And it's going to be a much, much worse as far as So next couple of years, show a lot more of this. And US will have a lot of that, so it's Europe. So around the world, we have a lot more, lot more things going happen and this is why one of the main reasons why I, I believe totally believe why I want before going away from the banking uh, environment basically just go away from banks you know selling all the bank shares that kind of things and actually going to something else because he actually sees that happening and um, it's basically something that uh, need to watch out for okay so without further ado next is my uh, um, uh, review of my portfolio coming up Okay, first of the bat is Apple. 
Um, short term is a buy, medium term is neutral, long term is buy, same as last week, so nothing changed here. Amazon, short term is a sell, medium is neutral, long term is now changed to neutral from buy last week. So slightly changes here, there's some fluctuation for Amazon. Um, it's strange on this one, you know, if uh, um, the down Jones is up, you know, to uh, 30,200. And Amazon basically, you know, is doing a bit sideways, you know, sell on the short term like last week and then um, medium terms and long term now is neutral as well. So that sort of, um, you know, gives us, you know, a little bit of warning bell, but we just have to wait and see. Next is Australian dollar against US dollars buy across the board like last week. Um, this week, I think you have, um, Australian dollars have gone to like 0.74 or 74 uh, against US dollar. And, um, which is uh, very good as far as I'm concerned, but uh, also reflection on reflection. This is a because of the um, uh, US dollar index actually gone below 91 now, I think on Friday, and it gone to like 90.8 or something. And so 91 mark has been broken. Um, there is uh, speculation um, that uh, possibly go down to um, those, um, the US dollar index way down to back into the 80s mark. Uh, and there's still, you know, in a 10 cents to go or something, you know, uh, so 10, 10 big points to go. So we just said wait and see, but I don't think it'll be, you know, a straight line. But uh, it's likely what happened is like back in the 97, 98 kind of thing when the European, uh, sorry, the Asian countries, um, money, basically their currency has gone up so much. And essentially, American dollars was uh, basically weakened, that kind of thing, and it causes issues. And uh, there might be some crisis brewing over there, but you just have to wait and see that. I mean, for example, in Australian dollars, again, you know, that means Australian uh, is getting uh, dollars is stronger, so Australian stuff is more expensive to export, and that means uh, to other countries. Now, uh, in comparison, um, U.S. dollar against Chinese yuan, Chinese dollar is also uh, weakening. Basically, uh, it takes more U.S. dollars to buy the, to buy the Chinese dollar. And uh, so what does that mean? They're basically, both are saying U.S. dollar is weakening. But for Australian dollar against the Chinese dollar, we just have to uh, wait and see how that cross play out. I don't track that, but it would be useful to, to have a look because if... Uh, uh, Australian export things to China uh, and it's causing more irrespective of you know current climate between Australia spat with um, China um, what the retaliation from Chinese uh, government is and Australia still you know sell a lot of things to into China as well at the moment so uh, we just have to see you know how that play out uh, if Australian dollar continue to move up um, basically make things less um, useful for China you know and uh, because probably you know can bail uh, let's say for um, uh, minerals kind of stuff you can go to Brazil or Latin America to get the, the same thing that kind of things and maybe meet go to Europe or you know go Latin America again or, or Russia or something you never know but uh, we just have to wait and see um, next is uh, uh, um, brand crude oil uh, and then uh, WTI crude oil. Basically for these two, it's buy across the board, short term, medium term, and long term are buy for both uh, Brent crude and WTI crude oil, US crude. Uh, essentially, the uh, this has been on the trajectory so I'm moving up for the last three weeks or so now. Um, uh, it's above 200 day moving average, and like I said before, it's just going to need to go up with, uh, uh, yes, pandemic still, uh, playing a lot of havoc within uh, Europe as well as in uh, America but overall in Asia uh, especially China is uh, uh, back on track so to speak it has to do with uh, the fallout of COVID-19 from you know its business and stuff but at least it's you know coming back slowly working in working mode that means it's uh, I need more oil that kind of thing and so it's driving the oil and also uh, the lockdown I mean even though in UK it's locked down but it's not locked down as in what happened to the first lockdown the second lockdown still people are allowed to go out to buy food and you have to you know to people who support each other uh, let's say your, your grandparents you can go to your somebody you, you work with to help your family that kind of thing so uh, buying food and also able to buy things uh, on internet deliveries still going on so it's car uh, takeouts 
so um, the use of oil, gasoline, and stuff is still is still there, and uh, so it's not as bad as the first lockdown. So this helped the uh, bank recover. But as I said before, it's really because bank credit and WTI is also also rated in U.S. dollar. With the U.S. dollar going down, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, even though the demand for oil at the moment is a bit subdued, even though it's recovered a little somewhat, but uh, the weakening of U.S. dollar will make it make this two go up and I've been saying that for the past uh, about three three months or so now so I think there'll be more coming in the next couple of years as uh, US dollar collapses so uh, stay tuned for this too you we know, always watch it this is definitely some of my my continue play for next year anyway uh, next is uh, DAX um, the European uh, index in Germany uh, it's buy across the board short medium term long term is buy so uh, same as Dow Jones anyway as well. Dow Jones, uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, it's gone above 30,000 marks, 30,200 uh, uh, above that uh, on Friday. So uh, it's buy across the board, medium, long term, short term, buy across the board. And FTSE 100 as well, again, uh, same as last week, and uh, it's buy across the board as well. So short term, medium term, long term, buy. So from these three indexes, um, DAX in Europe, Dow Jones in US, and FTSE 100 in UK's uh, it's by across the board, and it's, it's likewise for other indices as well, which I'm talking about next. And uh, overall, we just have to wait and see. But uh, how long will this bull case last? I don't know. Uh, essentially, from the hiccup from uh, before uh, the election, U.S. election, and you know, sudden downturn because worry about COVID-19. We still have the COVID-19, but the election is gone because COVID-19. Uh, sorry, more or less done and dusted. COVID-19 is, is getting worse in Europe, as uh, even more so in uh, America and India. Um, but the Dow Jones gone up, so I don't know what's going on. You know, one minute is worried about the COVID-19. Uh, the worry is still that it's got worse with the Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas coming, and uh, New Year. Um, um, all this uh, going to mix people, mix a bit more, you know, go out a bit more. Uh, lockdown in UK has just stopped uh, coming up from lockdown so um, part of the US is going to lockdown temporarily or something in California I heard um, what does that mean to the COVID-19 you know where the arrest is rise in America or Europe I don't know seems to do its trick in um, uh, in China and UK have just done the second lockdown seems to have helped so we just have to wait and see how that is but it basically just uh, you know, FUSI, Dow Jones and DAX all gone up like this. It is worrying when this is also the kind of thing as well. This portfolio I'm tracking is showing a lot of uh, relations, you know, uh, related um, indices, you know, around the world. They seems to go in tandem together, very much so the case. Uh, um, so uh, if you actually track those, uh, remember all those are related. One goes down, down Jones go up, everything go up. Down Jones go up, everything go down. So watch out not to over get overexposed on that one. Next is gold. Um, short term is a sell, medium term is a sell, and uh, long term is neutral now. So basically, uh, yeah. Um, last week, um, the gold basically gone down across the board, but the recent rebound due to uh, go um, the U.S. dollar index, you know, uh, going down, it seems to have uh, helped the gold recover a bit. But uh, we just have to wait and see how how that works. Is the bounce back go anywhere? Bounce back just below 200-day moving average and bounce back above it. But it's having problem breaking above 1840 area, and uh, 1840, 1850 is where the the big uh, support uh, we have uh, a couple of weeks or so ago or a couple of months ago it's been to good support and I think it will take quite a bit of activity before it breaks so we just do watch out 1840 1850 areas and it's above that then it'll be great if not uh, it could be a considerable as far as from what I'm seeing at the moment it could be a considerable challenge for gold but we just wait and see uh, how how that may pan out. Uh, next is Hang Seng Index. Uh, yeah, it's similar to uh, Dow Jones buy across the board, short, medium, and long term. It's all buy. Um, Nasdaq, as I said before, uh, buy across the board, short term, medium term, long term is buy. Um, so it's doing its thing. So it's not, not too bad. Nikkei again is also buy. So short, medium term, and long term is a buy. Um, essentially, so all the indexes that's been tracked here. And this portfolio is all gone up. So if you have, I mean, you basically tracking like this is using trend following. You have been moving, making money since um, end of November. That kind of thing. That big hiccup before the uh, election. 
um, yeah, end, end of October, early in November, uh, kind of like U.S. election, then you continue um, to be bullish. And uh, I think laughing all the way to the bank, so to speak. Um, next is silver, uh, similar to uh, you, um, gold. Short term is a sell, but neutral for medium term, but buy for long term. So, uh, from my from my analysis so far, um, silver seems to always go some reason earlier than gold at the moment. And when it goes uh, the other way around, it go deeper than gold as well. So um, we just had to wait and see. But it looks like uh, there could be, you know, some good movement for silver. Yeah, so watch this space. Next is uh, U.S. dollar against Chinese dollar yuan. Um, sell across the board. Sell short term, medium term, long term. That means uh, Chinese dollar is strengthening and U.S. dollar is weakening. Next is uh, U.S. dollar against Japanese yen. No, the same thing here. Same as last week. Short term, medium term, long term is also a sell. That means U.S. dollar is weakening. Japanese yen is moving up. Uh, British pound against the Japanese yen next uh, buy across the board short between long term same as British pound against US dollars buy across the board so essentially even though with uh, basis coming you know possible a hard exit without much agreement um, British pound seems to be all going up um, yes it helps a bit by the US dollar weaknesses but against Japanese yen it looks like British pound is also very you know strong at the moment I don't Personally, I don't really see it, but uh, that's what the market actually is saying. We, 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 yes, we may have the the uh, COVID vaccine coming out, you know, this month being slowly rolled out. But how does that actually work? And the, you know, there's just nothing about the the COVID vaccine so far. Everybody, especially in America, all saying praises about fantastic. We got a vaccine. As if you know. There's no side effects. Nobody talk about the side effects. And I, I said earlier in the podcast, what happened you mix them? And will each country accept each other's vaccines? You know, uh, European countries accept Russians' vaccines and accept Chinese vaccine. Will Chinese accept American vaccine or British vaccines? I don't know. And it's a good question to ask. And how does that work when people starting to travel around the world uh, next year? Uh, it's an interesting question to, to say, but for British Pound anyway, with the Brexit happening, um, lockdown just finishes, um, um, we probably have, uh, you know, um, a bit more strength on British Pound at the moment, but I don't, I, I personally just don't understand how it is, but being trend follower, do I really care the fundamental underneath the movement? I don't, I just see something move, I just want to catch it. It's like a dog chasing a cow. When the cow passes, you just chase them. You don't care if you actually can catch it or not, just chase the thing. So same thing here for trend following. The cross is moving. Uh, this pair, um, basically, US dollar is causing a lot of uh, currency pairs moving, and so it's uh, the indexes I talk about there. Things are moving, catch it, get on with it, serve it, the serving board, until the trend bends. And the trend stop, you get off the, the trend. So at the moment, for uh, British pounds, seems to be quite strong. Next is uh, Bitcoin. Um, buy for uh, short term, medium term, long term is a buy as well. So last week, a little hiccups. Uh, once it reach near to 20,000 mark, it come back down very quickly for 1,000 or 1,500 within a day or two. And then it's now shooting back up again. Now, once again, challenging the 20,000 mark. We just had to wait and see. But this time, as I lay last time, a few years, about five years ago, was back when it reached, you know, 19,000 plus. It was all uh, retail, in, uh, retail investor. Now, this time it's more yeah, institution, you know, big boys actually doing this. And um, so we just had to wait and see how, how things are. It's quite a bit different. But I don't think the, the top is in yet because the top always only come in when the retail investor gone in and gone mad about it like last time when it gone 20,000. So it could be just a temporary top. But who knows? We just have to wait and see. But uh, it's interesting to keep track of it. Next is uh, iShare 20 TLT, the ETF, um, basically checking the bonds, uh, US bond selling. Uh, basically short term is sell, medium term neutral, long term is a sell. So, so no doubt, no surprises here. It's probably gone back a bit normal now with the Dow Jones indices going up so much. Um, yes, the TLT basically gone to reverse in screen sell mode. Next is uh, Tesla, buy across the board, even though I don't really agree, it basically going to join us 
S&P 500 and then just jump from 500 or 480 to 500 now 580, 560 area. It's gone up like $100, you know, within days just because you see going S&P 500. Uh, I don't quite know, you know, Tesla is you know, selling things. Uh, it's producing its products, but I personally feel a bit too high at the moment. But bearing in mind this, uh, I think I said before in my uh, episode, this, this war of money for America and also from around the world. America is not the only country printing. Okay, so is UK, so is Europe, so is you know uh, Japan as well, that kind of thing. And so this war of money had to go somewhere, and uh, economy is bad, so properties depends on people who still have a job or not. And so natural thing just go to uh, um, the stock, also commodities. So we probably may see next year, you know, the uh, share just continue to move up because just war money, but also commodities move up simply because U.S. dollars, just so much U.S. dollars out there, it's weakening U.S. dollars. And what does that mean? I mean, it's a bit like to to me anyway. This is a warning bell to me. This is what I what we saw back in two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. Um, the market is not good, okay, and then everybody powering into the uh, um the bond, U.S. bond. And then uh, we have the collapse of U.S. dollars, okay? That also happens straight after that, like a couple of years later, after 2007, And that sort of basically what means is people join in buying the U.S. dollar um, uh, um, bonds, that kind of thing, so lend money to the American company and also with the American government. And then the U.S. dollar collapses. That means when the U.S. government or U.S. company pay back those loans, you know, these bonds are the place I owe your loans, be much cheaper because U.S. dollar is stronger than, you know, uh, um, well, in, in, in a way that, that kind of thing. So this is not, I'm not quite sure how that might go to affect us this time as well. So we just had to wait and see uh, late, later on, you know, with the collapse of the, of the US dollars, basically making everybody just losing money and then come, come back out strong later on. So could it be a repeat of 2007, debacle, 2008, 2009? We basically see people, uh, America printing too much money, too much US dollars, US dollars collapses, and then which basically causes, um, the implosion of uh, the bond market and then when the US dollar coming back up again you know uh, everybody basically just pay American company or American pay the bills for American government and the company to you know for the uh, the 2007-2008 tobacco Uh, we just have to wait and see how how that goes okay next is uh, Australian dollar the last one oh it's what Australian um, uh, indices Uh, it's basically uh, this is the only one index so far that I'm tracking. The short term is uh, showing a sale from last week. So everybody else is uh, buy across the board. So Australia basically is showing a little, little case. It could be because it's Australian's bad with uh, China, but also is could be a, a first sign of showing US dollars weakening and Australia is primarily you know, exporting uh, lead uh, economy and actually saying it's, your, uh, it's on Australian dollars getting rather strong. It's 94 against the US dollar, 94 cents I think, uh, 0.74 and it's quite strong. So what does that mean? Make it stuff less competitive. And we just have to see how, how it goes. I mean, the China spat, well, Australia is not it's not very good either so uh, maybe something to watch out for maybe just a false signal but at least this week uh, short term the Australian um, indices is uh, showing a bit of weakness so basically that's the end of the podcast this week and I speak to you next week bye for now